Happy Friday, everybody. We're going live from New York City. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Before I introduce my guest today, I'm going to give you the message of the week. Today, we're talking radio on talk radio. <laughs> so I'm taking it back, old school, for all you youngsters out there that are like, what's radio? <laughs> yeah, I think you'll dig this one. This is from my good friend, Casey Kasem. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. He <laughs> <laughs> was old for me. No, this is, uh, yeah, no, but who, yeah. He was great, though. That was like radio for me mm-hmm. growing up. It's like, ah, Casey Kasem's top party. I love that voice, too, if anybody ever had. Like Wolfman Jack. Man, I mean, how much heat awesome. did that kid get through, like, school and everything? And people were like, don't talk, man. Don't, like, you're, yes. I can't. And then, like, boom, <laughs> pay dirt. So Casey yeah, Kasem. I'm, I'm not using gonna, this. I'm not going to do it in his voice because it'll hurt. And I'm just <laughs> getting over a cold. But this is a cute one. It's not what you expect from him. But said, I don't know how old this is either, but I think it applies. Anytime in radio that you can reach somebody on an emotional level, you're really connecting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. I, I think you would agree with that yeah. based off of what you've done, what, what you've put together. Yeah. And similar often, to what I'm doing. Some here. people talk about the Oprah moment kind of thing yeah. as far as connecting. The people are like, I don't know what to do for an interview because we have this after school program and um, where they learn journalism skills and interview skills. And one thing I'm just like, look, if you don't know, ask them what it is that they do. I mean, like, how, how did they get to where, describe your journey, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of times they're like, you're ooh, sti- me? I never expected you to <laughs> ask me that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's all right, you can ask me, but yes. it's, I mean, it's all part of it, but it's just like, just the basic yeah. thing to just say, all right, why that? Shit, that was all I had you for know? today. Oh, all right, done, <laughs> done, didn't real. Okay, everybody, have a great, <laughs> oh, Patty's watching, say hi. Hi. Yeah. So, okay, let me introduce you before you you just take my show now. Sorry. I knew this was going to happen. Christy Wallace, welcome. How are you? I'm okay. It's it's so nice to see you. I miss you guys. We we talk about you guys all the time. And it's funny because I'm like, Jackie Marlowe's mom. And JC's like, who? (laughs) Yeah. It's been that long. I know. And we have no excuse other than the fact that we're parents and yeah, busy. No, and same here. Like I mean, we used to we come live out like here. three miles away right. from each other. And as we the used crow to flies. come out and it's just like crazy now. It you know, is, we had another kid, right? I know. Yeah. So we she's haven't. She's absolutely beautiful. It's, it's Patty's fault. And so my buddy awesome. Rob Weiner kid. What's up, Rob? How you doing? Hi, Rob. Oh, Patty said, hi. I just waved at you because I'm a tech tard like that. Mm. Okay. I don't think that's appropriate, Patty. A tech that, tard? That word. I, I'm stealing She's that. She's a teacher. I've She's never heard that. that. It's so... <laughs> can I steal that? What would I the, work what would the DOE say? <laughs> what were you going to say? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know kids these days. So, uh, you're a Jersey girl, yeah? Oh, uh, really? This is what you talk about first? Yeah. Okay. Bridge yes, and Tunnel! I'm from Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, I'm proudly from Trenton, Trenton, as yeah. we say there. Um, and I grew up there-ish-ish, ish, but I lived in Germany in the right. American military yeah. for five years in there. I lived in San Francisco, but yeah, I'm from Jersey. I can say that now. And of Scottish descent, if memory yes. serves, yes? Yes, I'm a Wallace. Yeah, fighter. Yes, a fighter. We are. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, um, crazy bunch people. Of Scots. A bunch of Robin Hood <laughs> But you make types. the best whiskey in the world. Yes, Just we do. can't. I don't care what Tom it's, says. I don't know. It's got to be the <laughs> the rain and the Something rocks and the high altitude. That's <laughs> yeah, fantastic. The do, do skirts. You and, do you and Tom? <laughs> right. That's. <laughs> I don't know. It's the genitalia. <laughs> she said, "I'm jealous, Jeremiah. Get some Kristen time. Oh, uh, please set up a play date. For oh, us. you got it. You got it. You got it. You got to go to Staten house. Island. Yes. So, um, do you do you and Tom argue over who makes the better whiskey? Because I know at all the parties, it's always Irish. no. You know, I don't actually drink liquor, but I drink uh, lots of beer and wine. But he's like the more that person. Like the last time I think I had a liquor drink was like at the gate in uh, Brooklyn where I met Tom. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. Yeah. I think I drank all of my liquor in my twenties, and then I was. You know, my lifetime liquor amount. Was I drank that up in my twenties. Was that so when you now. were you were managing yeah. bands? Uh, no, no. It was condensed in a period condensed. of years. No, I just it's just not my thing, um, I, honestly. But you you did manage you managed rock bands, right? I was a tour manager yeah. for bands um, for many about that for, many years. For a little bit, sure. We could yeah. start there. Um, let's see. I, 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 I. <laughs> 
I used to book the Pyramid Club. Um, um, I used to book the Pyramid Club on the Lower East Side, which is still there, I think. Is but it? I don't think it's operational, but it goes in and out of so many people's hands all the yeah. time. But I did book that club before I was too, uh, before I was old enough to drink, be in the club. Yeah. Um, and I would book bands and tons of stuff. I had like Flipper and Helmet and all these like really cool bands from back in the Helmet. day. Oh Helmet. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I remember Helmet. That's I great. Awesome. awesome. So I had been booking this club and I had also, cause I started working as like a door girl at, mm. at like a, um, a club that was around the corner on fifth and fifth. And, um, I ended up doing like after show parties there and that moved over to the to uh the Pyramid Club and then I walked into the Pyramid Club one day and uh the owner had cha- the ownership had changed hands and this guy was like no more rock shows we're putting in a, a pool table and I was like oh shit what the fuck what am I gonna, what am I going to do so I walked over dejected to CBGB's and my friends in the Luna Chicks were there and I was like um you know I explained what happened and they're like well, we're going on tour tomorrow. Uh, we need a tour manager. Want to come? <laughs> come? And I was like, I don't have anything else to do, apparently. So, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll come. And uh, I went and toured and stayed out for about eight years, Woo! Uh, living on couches and whatnot. Yeah. And I went from Luna Chicks to Sick of It All and from Sick of, all, Sick of It All to Rancid wow. and then Luscious Jackson Oh yeah, and then the, uh, what's her what name? Uh, lives in Windsor Terrace. She does. Uh, I hang out with her. Gabby, uh, I the see other her from one, time to time. Uh, Meredith. Meredith. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah she's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, she would make us do yoga be- for an hour before <laughs> like going Meredith. on the stage. Yeah. Everyone's like, <laughs> she's like, "Come on, everybody, let's do yoga." <laughs> and it was That's actually awesome. great. It was really good. But yeah. and then who else did I? Um, lots of other bands. Lots and lots of other bands, uh, smaller bands. Yeah, like, it's a, it's uh, a, those the are some good lineups there that you just described. Yeah, yeah. but then I became a, I like left the road um, after a number of years and went to go work for a booking agency. Mm-hmm. And then I did some tour management still there of Modesky, Martin and Wood mm-hmm. and um, I think a Swans tour in there as well. And so, so what pulled yeah. you into that? Like, was it just you were just a kid and just loved it and into the scene and the environment and just booking shows? And like, I got into the same thing. I was I was booking at like 17. Mm. I was putting shows together, calling clubs. But I was the drummer in a band. Mm-hmm. It was like a working band, but everybody else was an adult. They had day jobs. Mm-hmm. So during the day, they couldn't make the calls. So I was like, yeah. doing all the hustling, collecting Similar. the money, negotiating contracts. But I was just it was because nobody else could do it. And I was actually in the band. Yeah, I did something similar. Like on, I would always sort of. Uh, I I didn't have an apartment while I was touring, so I would stay on people's couches. Yeah. And then mm. part of my sort of do was like, all right, I'll make some phone calls for your band and try yeah. to get some shows. And then back in that day, it was like you had a piece of paper and people's phone numbers, and you would just call them. Same with tour managing as well, like from a payphone, right? Tour managing <laughs> in that time before cell phones, yeah, was insane. Like I would be at a at a truck stop and I would have like um, a roll of a, a roll of quarters that I would just keep putting in the machine to try to get someone to get me directions to their club. Yeah. And the thing about people who answer phones at clubs in the middle of fucking nowhere, they'd be like, you just go down a ways and then you like make a left. I don't know the name of the street, but it's like a ways. And you're just like, I have, you know, you have 30 seconds yeah. left in your call. And you're just like, all right, I hope I figure it out. Hope we see you. And, yeah. you know, driving around in circles in the tour bus, like, yeah. excuse me, sir, um, do you know how to get to whatever? I mean, it's it's cra- it was crazy um, to try to figure it out. Like booking hotels, I would go to a um, a uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, do they have them now? Travel agents. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Uh, travel agencies, I know. I, see a, I know you're a like, young person you that's a travel agent, and I'm like, people still use they those. Do she's like, it's stuff. remarkably cheap. And they make a lot of money because yeah. it's like it's a deal now to go through a travel ah. agent where before it was like they were sucking all your money out. Yep. But now they, they get like really crazy deals. Yeah, I I, There's that. probably only like five of them. But yeah. And people do it for corporate stuff yeah, that like sure. do their planning and stuff. Yeah. But um, they would have every year they would get this big catalog of hotels. Mm-hmm. And so they would give me their old books. So, which had phone numbers. <laughs> just like roll so around with like, old books. An old book. And I'd be like, all right, Motel 6 outside, north oh of uh, 
of uh, was it on, Seattle? On route, route two, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Hello, I'd like to make a reservation." So yeah, that was that was old school tour managing, and then it started to get easier. And obviously. would you guys just pile into a couple rooms? It wasn't like everybody got their own room, right? It depends on the band. Right. Yeah. I mean, some bands are more difficult than others. Mm-hmm. Like, I've tour managed David Byrne and his string section. Yeah. And his string section. <laughs> they got their own room. <laughs> well, their instruments got their own seats wow. um, because they were irreplaceable yeah. sure. and, you know, temperature and, mm-hmm. and humidity affects it. We I, tour, have, I have friends like that. We yeah. toured in, um, uh, what should we go? What's it? We toured in. Uh, Australia and it was like so humid mm-hmm. and they're just like my violin just going to just get and then I've also tour managed high end DJs which is like Tiesto and stuff like that mm-hmm. um Carl Cox stuff like which is one guy and a USB stick <laughs> and they're more difficult than a van <laughs> full of drunk ass vegan rockers. <laughs> oh yeah, <vegan laughs> a van full of vegan punk rockers. Yeah. Not kidding. I mean, in with tour managing in the South with vegetarians and vegans, it's like yeah. you really have to pull over and graze because they they the, literally the, put bacon in everything. Even if they're like, yeah, it's vegetarian. Yes. And it's like, no, there's bacon in here. I know there is. I'm like, oh, all right. Oh, we can go to, what is that called? Uh, what is it called? Uh, I don't know. I'm just basing on it. But like, I can get side dishes at, uh, oh, Cracker Barrel. Oh, my God. And at Cracker Barrel, you're like, there's literally yeah. meat in like, we can yeah. have some apples. That's pretty much yeah. what we ate. We end up going to, with Lesher Jackson even, we went to um, the store and we, you know, cleaned out the the sink in the in the bathroom of the hotel and made it a salad bowl yeah. so that we could make a salad. Like With Medeski Martin and Wood, we like their rider was more up there so that they could have um, something like they would make them get all this great um, groceries and local like mm-hmm. organic stuff. So we would cook in the bus a lot, oh, and nice. it was always like a rice cooker there. Yeah. So you would have. Rice and bananas for breakfast, and then rice and whatnot. <laughs> rice. This rice <laughs> all like day. Much of West Africa sandwiches. Rice with everything. But it was, you know, you make do with what you oh, got. Oh no! But and that it was like on where you that's are. why I hated touring because it was like one too many Cracker Barrels, and I would just. Uh, I mean, you, I've I've always loved good food and beverage, and it's like you eat terrible on the road. It's just awful. Yeah, like, and then, well, that's the one thing about tour managing is like people don't really realize like I did logistics for a lot of DJs and and on the booking side because when I worked for a booking agency that that booked all um, DJs you also handle their tour logistics almost like a manager and a tour manager does Mm -hmm. so some people who have insane schedules like that need to have things specifically laid out for them for sort of mental health markers Mm -hmm. so I need to be in this type of plane on this particular seat like down to the, I, I need this brand wow. of cranberry juice. Not kidding. Every <laughs> single time kidding. because everything is insane around me all the time. And yeah. these are the things I need to keep me solid. And so if you're traveling with a bunch of, with a band, you have to recognize the needs of everybody that you're with mm-hmm. and try to be the sort of rock in that chaos and it because your food is changing your water is changing your sleep is changing mm-hmm. you're not around Everything. your crew yeah and i would call it tour disease it would be like yeah. the biggest dude with the biggest tattoos would start literally laughing at his oatmeal in the morning losing his mind mm-hmm. because it would be that person who had sort of supported themselves with this idea of of what was security and it wasn't like their rug got pulled out yep. completely from underneath them and somebody wasn't bringing them, you know, their whatever to eat that was the same. So yeah, it, it's, it's a challenge. It strips a, you down. It yeah. really does. Yeah. And then people that make it through six weeks. I'm sorry, you got to stop. I make it through like six weeks <laughs> is like they hug you at the end. They're like, yeah, we made it like we've been through this thing together. And you're like, all right. I, I was listening to a great show earlier this morning. We'll talk about it when we get back. A friend of mine, he was saying the same thing. It was so funny. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few. You're listening to the Entrepreneur Web. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. And we're back once again. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, here with my guest, Kristen Wallace. You want to give a shout out? You want to say what's up? Uh, hi, Annette. You're listening. Hi, Tom. What's you're up, listening. Tom? If you're still there, good to see you. Hope to see you soon, for real. Yeah, for real. Not the, not the no, Casey just, Kasem version. Yes, yes <laughs> let's go visit them. So, Plus, your restaurant's awesome. Uh, I was there not oh, too right. long ago. Man, and I, I can't believe I wasn't there. Yeah, but it was you. dang good. Make sure you yeah. tell them the address. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, checks in the mail. <laughs> so I just on the break, we had a laugh. I'd ask Kristen what prepared her. How many DJs did you say you have now? We have 115 DJs. 115. At, at, well, I guess you should hosts. tell them what you do. Oh, <laughs> they're just hanging around just, my house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She had, she the just, home for DJs. That's, you know. It's a New York thing, guys. It's a Staten Island thing. Um, <laughs> so you started... Yes, I'm from Staten Island, by the way. You, you started Maker Where Park Radio. Yes. Almost Staten three Island, years ago. Almost three years ago. And it was Staten Island's first internet radio broadcast, it correct? It is its own... It's the only one in Staten Island. So what, everybody's still it just like satellite and like... It's 1990 there. <laughs> yeah, you go back in time <laughs> and you're like... I didn't want to Whoa, say Whoa, everyone's wearing acid wash jeans. But that's kind of the beauty of it too. Like that's that's part of what I love about going to Staten Island is that there, it's just... there's It's so nostalgic and just laid back compared to like... Everything else, it's so yeah. crazy. Like I love Brooklyn, but some kind, sometimes I'm just like the you're, hustle you're getting, of it. Yeah, not even the hustle, just like the silliness. Like sometimes the, I'm like, okay, I know. Like, yeah, I live there. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. But still, I know what you mean. It's, and like and, winter and that's the part of it still, I miss sometimes. Right. Oh, the silliness. Like no, just <laughs> the entertainment. I, I don't know. Like the the just more people that that are I don't know involved in yeah. Other interesting things. Right. I don't know. That's, right. that's a terrible way to put it. No, but not 1950s yeah. mentality. Well, there's a whole art scene on the North Shore of uh-huh. Staten Island. There's like a strip on the North Shore called and, the Arts District. And that, that was kind of like part of the whole thing, right? Because there's festivals that I've seen you guys post about. It, and it's yeah. like, it's not just your radio show. There's like a whole thing happening there. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's still slightly a small town, but it yeah. is uh, the fastest growing borough it's like one of the only waterfronts that really are not developed that are so like being gentrified with these big um condos and stuff now but at a much slower rate than people sort of predicted yeah um when i moved there i felt quite isolated because a lot of people very much stick to their church you know people sports people people have lived there and grew up there the whole life don't see stuff. Um, you and know. Tom's from... He's from there, Staten yeah. Island, and yeah. he didn't think that we'd end up back there, but we are um, <clears throat> because we needed the too space. Many goddamn kids. Yes, that's the problem. <laughs> no, a little something about it's that. Seriously? <laughs> no, that was why because we were like, we started looking further and further south in, in Brooklyn and we're yeah. like, I can't uh, afford that doghouse yeah. either. <laughs> so I can like, let's move across the street. <laughs> let's move, like, let's jump across the pond. We get a backyard. We yeah. get space, you know, and he was like, I can't believe I'm back here, but... Um, I'm, gl- I'm glad we did. I mean, it, but yeah. I was super isolated when I first got there. Yeah. I was like, I had a baby. I didn't know anybody. I was like, where the hell am I? And I got this, I decided to 
learn Ableton and take like mm-hmm. six years to learn Ableton. And I had a music studio so I could be loud, but I was still very isolated. You know, Tom would come home from work and be like, oh, I did a, I drove this ship and I talked to this person and I did, you know, this, I drove a cruise ship today and I did something amazing. And he's like, what did you do? And I was like, I worked on a kick drum sound for like I five hours diapers. and it was, that was yeah. it, you know? And so I felt like I really needed to do something. And so Tom gave me this suggestion like, oh, this this uh, uh, art festival is looking for volunteers. So I went and I volunteered. And at my age, they call it volunteering, not interning, I guess. <laughs> so I, I in- interned for interned. For I had the same place. conversation last night, literally. <laughs> I was about the Windsor Terrace Food Co-op. And I was like, you're never too old to intern, yeah. right? Because that's basically what I'm doing yeah, at this point. Yeah, you are. You, you kind of are. Volunteering. Volunteering. So I ended up, um, meeting these people through this art festival where I took care of like the production of the music end of it, but like 4,000 people poured in the door oh, looking wow. for something to do. And I was like, oh, if you build it, they will come. They are here. They're here. They are totally here. There are people looking <laughs> for <are> engaging <laughs> something. So and it goes back to the question on the break. What prepared you more for this? Being oh, a parent? I or totally <laughs> skipped that. Being a parent? Well, I didn't get an- I answer it. Both. I didn't ask, I'll ask it. I really think both. Did having kids prepare you more or managing bands prefer, prepare you for a par- parenting? Because like both know, are like CEO qualifications. Like if you have you have four kids, like you could really But I get worse and worse company. at it the more children I have. I don't know what I'm Is doing. It, or are you getting better? I don't know. I, or less I'm always uh, on less the fence. uptight. I'm always on the fence. Although, you know, I thought I was getting better, but then Nye knocked herself out accidentally. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that never happened before. Aww. Maybe I need to pay attention more. Well, my oldest, Ruby, is now like yeah. going to be 23, yeah. which is parenting an adult is a I remember when you thing. when you posted something about her going to college, I was like, wait, well, who? Yeah, no. she's out of college yeah, right now. She works insane. for Seth Meyers. and Yeah, it's pretty awesome wow. in L.A. Wow. It is cool. Parenting an adult is like you have to make suggestions that they it was their idea to do something all along (laughs) and then like they're doing the thing you want them to do it works great but yeah it's It's like like being a boss parenting definitely did in that i tend it makes you want to get the crap out of your life or yeah negative negativity out of your life and Mm -hmm. people like that that just are sort of like your time suck kind of yeah stuff and people like because you only have a limited amount of time to do stuff um i know I don't like want to totally bring it to politics, but when some election happened, I felt I lived on a conservative borough. What are you? What yeah, are you, some election. <laughs> so I lived in a conservative borough, right? And so there was all this tension yeah. that was happening between right and left. And I was like, a lot of people wanted to move that were on the left right. or. And I was like, well, I have to live here. I have to do something about it. And I want to create a better place for my children to live. So it absolutely inspired me to do that. So the reason I started a radio station was to try to bring people together away from so much polarization. Yeah. And um, so that was a very strong motivator. But I also, like, I come from a place that from day one, even with the rock and roll, you know, punk rock stuff, I was always a fighter for the underdog. Because you're like, a Wallace. Because I'm a Wallace. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> the wretch. That's great. Well, I was like pl- plotting when I was going to yeah, say that. Uh, you, thank you. Just like, yeah. Oh, it's you. Love it. I walked right into it. <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> I was but like, wow, true. that was easier than I thought yeah. it was going to be. <laughs> but I, I have been, so I've been an advocate for artists, whether mm. it be, uh, you know, uh, to be a person that's um, uh, taking care of artists as, as a tour manager, you know, fighting on, you know, their contracts, like, no, they yeah. deserve this, or um, as an agent or whatever. It so says ocean artists, spray cranberry juice. Yes, no. artist <laughs> advocacy. <laughs> Not Kirkland. I need the hotel room overlooking the fountains at the Bellagio. Not... Hollywood Boulevard, not a not a thing that did not happen. My favorite tour managing thing (laughs) was it was this one DJ was like, I can't fly in that direction because (laughs) my feng shui advisor told me it's bad luck to fly in that direction. So we got to go the long way around. $50,000 to play for 30 minutes. So I ended up calling the feng shui advisor and having a conversation. So he said it was okay. (laughs) So we rented this DJ, an RV to drive 
an insane amount of miles through yeah. the desert. Um, never had that problem again. Yeah, but we got there. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I digress. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess what what motivated me to do it was that and and my my wanting to advocate for the arts as well, but on a more public level mm-hmm. than just sort of through business. And you're you're also a communicator. I remember your blog. What was, was it? Bad oh, bad yeah. moto, Mo- moto mama. Moto mama. That's yeah, what it that was. was a long yeah, time ago. I remember yeah, that. It that was, was the best. So Kristen and I were neighbors. We lived. I literally. Our, we could almost reach through mm-hmm. <laughs> to our house. Like we were so close that your iTunes would pop up oh, right. on ours. <laughs> like I would just turn on my computer and I'd be like, oh, there's uh, Kristen and Tom's iTunes. And it was like rockabilly all day. <laughs> but like the walls were so thin. Yeah. It was just like, oh yeah. Oh, dude. that was crazy. And we were poor. We paid way too much for that apartment. And yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's funny. So now I've, I've got a great relationship with Saber. He was actually right. on the show, I don't know, in like November or December. Um, I ended up taking the basement space what? and wow. uh, friends of mine and I turned it into a music studio. But I remember when he first offered it to us and we like between the four of us, we were like, we can't afford it. It was like we were just like scraping by. And uh, and and yeah. now uh, now I have that. And we actually ended up moving in the top floor of that building. So he's now my landlord. <laughs> but That's like nice. we're really good friends. And he I, he's a great cool. dude. He's I remember that dude. this. This, these guys moved in there that were practicing drums. Yeah. But we had infant yeah. twins at the time. And I remember Tom went down there with like giant circles under his eyes. Yeah. And he's like, I will you need to shut you. up. Well, yeah. I don't know if they were there when... And so friends of mine ended up moving into your old place. Mm. People that I, I know now, they were they bought a house in the neighborhood, but the, the uh, build-out was taking too long. So they ended up just renting that for like a year. But... There was a producer that ended up moving on to the ground floor, hmm. and they had a kid. So it wasn't them, but then his it's either his sister or his brother moved into the basement, and they were uh, marimba artists. Wow. So, it, and like all these kids in the neighborhood were taking lessons, but it was like classical music. It wasn't, it definitely wasn't like drums, wasn't like rock and roll. Yeah. So it was like this crazy place where... You know, kids were learning classical marimba, and I thought that was fantastic. The the producer, he ended up they they had a kid. I think they actually had one, and then they had their second one, and they they oh, moved that's out. Cool neighbor to have yeah. if you're um, into the marimba. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we have a drum set in the middle of my living room right now, but nice. it does. You know, I wouldn't have done that if I had infant <laughs> twins living like above no, me. yeah, yeah. That well, was, I don't. Know. I, it's all a blur too, because you know you're so sleep deprived. Yeah, at that point. Oh, Patty you're, talks about it all the time. Yeah, you're like, yeah. but yeah, we survived. But, you know, being in your 20s, too, you're just clueless. So you're like, I think I'm going to put a drum set right here. Yeah. And just play. Like, sounds great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I did. Yeah, so, Stupid yeah, no, like I know that. I did. But uh, so we, we ended up building out the basement. Like, I had to soundproof it not too long ago. So now I have, like, a room inside of a room in that basement. That's way cool. um, I was going to talk about my buddies, the podcast I listened to this morning, the band called The Spotlights. Have you heard of them? Mm -mm. Marty Quintero and The Spotlights. We're going to take another break. We can talk about that in a minute. But they were were in in the studio for a while. It was a bunch of, like, crazy people in there. It was nuts. Now it's down to just me, which is kind of nice. Where did you practice before? Because you were... Uh, I've had I've had that place for about seven years now. Prior to that, a guy, um, it's funny, this guy used to work for Nickelodeon and like just over here in the Viacom building as a composer. And he ended up writing the theme for Dora the Explorer. And he was like, oh, thanks. Whoa. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and he he took over a, when, an industrial space in Bushwick. Oh, and nice. he was so cool about it. He just li- like he didn't charge us. Like everybody had like a you know a duty. Like my duty was to if anything ever happened oh, to the doors because he had a, he actually had sweet. a floating room. Um, so if something happened to the doors, it was double doors. Like that was my responsibility. But if I did that, my band could play there. You know, we could rehearse there. And Perfect. he recorded a bunch of guys just for free. I mean, he he produced albums and stuff. He was really great. He ended up moving to Connecticut, and we lost the space. But that Jerk. was that was the <laughs> no right. That was the uh, the first place I had. It was great because the only problem was the hike, and this was before the G even went past Smith and Knight. So I'd have to take the F to the G, then the G to the L, oh. the L out in, yeah. and this was, you know, out at the Jefferson station before there was nothing. I mean, you go out there now and it's like, oh, there's bars and organic mm-hmm. markets and pizza places. There was one 
funky bodega. You could buy a 22 at Corona and you were going to get robbed mm-hmm. no matter what. Like you you <laughs> ran to the train station. It was like two <laughs> avenues from the building to the $7 station. $7 Corona, please. Man, no. I mean, it was it was, it was was like $2 for a 22, but it was just such an insane scene at that time. Um, yeah. And, and now it's crazy. I played yeah, there totally recently and world. I was like, where am I? Get me out of here. I don't like this. I'd much rather get robbed than be subject to this, this <laughs> ballyhoo. That's what I was saying. Like, like the Brooklyn ballyhoo. It's I like, know. oh, guys, really? This is what you decided to do? Like, there were so many options. <laughs> I know. So All right, we're going to take another break. We'll be back in a few. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, you're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Happy Friday. We're here with Kristen Wallace, who started Maker Park Radio, Staten Island's first and still only internet radio broadcast because it is still 1952 mm-hmm. there. <laughs> you play guy. You guys do doo-wop? <laughs> we actually do have a show that does doo-wop. so many interesting Jackie shows. Jackie Hollywood yeah. doo-wop show. It's awesome. It's he plays really old, scratchy records, and yeah. he can't hear very well, but he's like really... <laughs> enthusiastic <laughs> about the good old days that's great and he's yeah. got his like it's the appropriate, the appropriate pro-trump uh, things he does and says yeah. and we don't care it's okay because it's Staten island it's it's switzerland where our radio station is so we're okay <laughs> nice but um yeah it's it's cool it's you know it's it's so rewarding and it's i don't want to complain about it too much but it's it's a non-profit so there's yeah. a lot of grant writing involved yeah. and a lot of like so how'd you get it off the ground? Like people. that, I really, this is the part I'm curious about because mm-hmm. I, you know, this is something I thought about as a kid listening mm-hmm. to Casey Kasem. <laughs> um, <laughs> how does he do it? <laughs> um, and then I didn't think about it at all because yeah. like radio, radio kind of died, you yeah. know? And then last summer when Sam's like, Hey, do you, oh, well, I was on a show and he's like, Hey, do you want to host a show? And I was like, how, do, how does all this work? What happens? Like, yeah, I just talk in the microphone well, and it, <laughs> when I was a kid in Trenton, my sister went to Trenton State College, which is now Trenton University, and they had a radio station there. They still do, WTSR. And I (laughs) stole my sister's college ID, and I got an FCC (laughs) license, and I went and applied to become a radio station And that's how you do it, kids. And so, strangely (laughs) enough, I mean, it was the coolest radio station because there was, it was before there was program directors and and anything. You had the whole place to yourself. Like, we would go to 7-Eleven. We'd put the a record on, go to Seven Eleven, get some Slurpees, and come back. Like it was like no, no structure. Yeah. Um, but it did was the beginning 
for me, for my love of radio. And then I felt like, okay, I need to do something. What do I want to do? Um, and I read a, a review, I read an article on the Lot Radio, um, which is in Brooklyn, okay. that is outside in a shipping container. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. But they're like a coffee shop that's also a radio station. And they do really right, cool like stuff Roberta's in there. It's like Roberta's does the same thing. It's yeah. like a restaurant. And they're, they host f- a they're friends of mine and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're awesome, uh, some of them. And I mean, some of them are friends of mine, not some of them are awesome. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> so I was like, we have to do this here. We have to do this. Because I felt like I wanted to do something to sort of connect the arts community. Because it was mm-hmm. all little pockets. There's yeah. really, it's venue poor over there. Everybody yeah. plays in like tiny little bars and stuff there's not a real venue for anybody else to play other than mother pug saloon which is like a punk rock bar which is awesome but it's still very small yeah um so i'm like what do i know i know i know radio what let's just start radio so i was djing this wedding upstate new york um and um the Scott and DB who own Makerspace. Do you know mm-hmm. what a Makerspace is? No, I mean, I've read about it a little bit, but I'm not very clear. Why don't you tell so everybody like so they know? So it's like a STEM-related small business incubator. Mm-hmm. So they have tools, um, like giant routers and giant, like enormous tools that you, $50,000, $100,000 tools that you could never afford to own yourself. Yeah. So if you're someone with an idea... Um, to make something, you can become a member of a makerspace and pay like a member fee, but then you take classes and you learn how to use these tools to be able to make your idea. So there's, and then there's also areas where people rent studios to work on their particular like thing. So there's a guy that fixes typewriters that's there. There's a person that does metal welding that's there. There's a photographer. Painters have studios. <clears throat> this woman was there who had to make a hundred headdresses for her Indian tribe before the um, the chief would bless her. Um, so she was wow. in there making that. There's always there's a guy that was making drones for a while that's mm-hmm. there. So there's like a wood shop and a metal shop. They also run Makerspace um, um, in Brooklyn. Both can be found on Makerspace.nyc. Where's, where's the one in that's Brooklyn? in the army. Uh, the army wherever that is like in in sunset park along the water those gigantic buildings uh industry army terminal no south Uh, of there okay the bigger long ones on the water so they're there and they are a huge gigantic facility Mm. that you can uh take classes in woodworking and woodshop and welding and they have a they have a they have a uh it's called women welding and wine the wine comes after you weld. I was going to yeah. say, <laughs> that sounds dangerous. Yeah, that's awesome. But Somebody's losing a finger. Yeah. yeah. So there's, so it's really cool, active space, very, you know, uh, brings in all kinds of different people. Yeah. So uh, in at the Staten Island location, there is there was a lot of land across the street, this big triangle-shaped lot of land, and it was always dumped on. It was like 15 burnout cars. Mm-hmm. There was people living there. It was really fucked up. People would just dump stuff all the time. And so uh, Makerspace would clear it, and it would get dumped on again. And they finally took a lease out with the city, and they got some sidewalks, and they got shipping containers that were plopped in there. And they mm-hmm. it's now a sculpture park, mm-hmm. and it, we do tons of events there and stuff. Awesome. So it's... But right, at, I think at I this saw wedding, pictures from something... Yeah, we do like like a block party there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like a little mini music festival Mm -hmm. we do there. Um, And so we, so I was at this wedding and and they said, oh, do you want to work, you know, your music studio at at, um, the Makerspace? And I was like, well, I make techno music and you guys are, make a lot of noise and I'm not so sure, you know, I'm loud, you're loud. I'm not so sure those things would go well together. but I do have an idea for your shipping container. And so I fought with the city for a while, like six months maybe. Because you're a Wallace. And because it's, <laughs> thank you, because it was, it's 1990 there, they're yeah. like, we can't do that. That's, you know, well, I can't do that. You need a bathroom and an egress and a mezza, and you, yeah. need, you can't possibly do that. And I was like, here are 10 places it's done. It's done at, in East New York at, at this um a series of art galleries. Schmorgisberg does it down at Coney, in Coney Island. Mm-hmm. Um, on the high rise, there's other restaurants that are in um, ship containers. At the time, I don't think anymore, um, there was at South Street Seaport while they were like repairing from Hurricane Sandy, there was tons of yeah. shipping containers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're used all over the world. They have electric 
to shipping containers. But in Staten Island, <laughs> beyond the scope of imagination, how you could possibly do that. And one day we were sitting outside a makerspace, and I'm like, can we do it in your closet that you have right there? And they said, okay. And that was the cool thing about Scott and DB that own makerspaces and that they're like, if you have a crazy idea, they're like, all right. Sounds good. Yeah. So we built it out. Tom built it out. Yeah. And um, we hosted a meeting that said, does anybody want to be a DJ? And like 40 people came. And most of them became DJs, except for like one guy who moved away. Um, and and it just built and it built. And a lot of times people who are guests end up becoming DJs. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Um, do some do it remotely or everybody coming to the, we, to the studio? No, at the at the moment, um, we're having a cue from Impractical Jokers oh, is going to start yeah. doing a show every other week. Um, and so that's going to be uh, remotely sometimes. Right. Because his schedule is crazy. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Vince Clark from Erasure. That was my shoe. Um, Vince Clark from Erasure um, does a show called The Synthesizer Show. Yeah. Reed yeah, Hayes. Uh -huh. Um, and, uh, Reed Hayes, uh, Reed Hayes is in, uh, Reed and Caroline, the band. I don't know if you know Caroline. She's mm -hmm. from the neighborhood. Okay. Um, anyway. Oh, I might. Yeah, maybe. But. Sounds familiar. Yeah, she had twins. Um, yeah. So anyway, she's, uh, so their show is the synthesizer show. And so they didn't want to miss an episode. And, um, so when Vince went on the Erasure tour, he did his show from backstage on the Erasure oh, tour, nice. <laughs> which was really cool. That's dope. And we stream live events. We uh, partner with Summer Stage, and we mm -hmm. stream the Summer Stage here. They're like, do you want to do all the Summer Stages? And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't. But thank you. I'd love to, but I don't have the capacity yeah. to do that. So we do live streaming of stuff. And people ask us to stream stuff live a lot. And sometimes I'm like... No, because that's boring. That's going to be boring. Your event yeah. is going to be boring if it's streamed live. <laughs> They're like, we're the Philharmonic or whatever. Do you want right. to? And I'm like, if people wanted to go see it, they would go see it. No one wants to sit on their, you know, and watch it on TV. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but if you're, if you want to bring in your oboe player and we can talk about why did you choose this ridiculous instrument? Like, how long did it take <laughs> you to learn it? Like, bassoon. Uh, <laughs> Bassoon's a this? good way. Yeah. <laughs> so like that would be more engaging. Yeah. And someone be like, oh, you know, see a flyer instead of saying like, oh, OK, here's the Philharmonic. It's not my thing. I'm just not going to go. They could be, see a flyer and be like, oh, I heard an interview with this guy who plays this ridiculous instrument in this band, in this in this thing. I'm going to go check it out. So it's it's a way to connect people. Yeah. It really is. Um, and do you still need a FCC license and all that for no. internet broadcast? Right. You could just no. do that. Right? Just no, I up. had to, we really started like way before we should have, <laughs> like we were like, that's let's the, do this thing. And I woke up every way. <laughs> day for like four, like a good three and a half months in the middle of the night going like, shit, yeah. yep. like really totally terrified. Yep. And I just did, I just kept going and going because I had these people around me were like, I'm really excited you're doing this thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, about that. I think that <laughs> yeah, so about I'm that. totally, <laughs> I, did I say I was going to do that? But no, we, we just That's did. So we just did. And we had an opening day, and it was like a super steep learning curve. Mm -hmm. um, we totally screwed up at first. We were streaming to YouTube. We got shut down. We rerouted the audio. It was off from the video. It yeah. was a nightmare. So we finally made some decisions and over time we've gotten it to where we're a semi um functional yeah. radio station no, <laughs> I, I know the i know that story but we've had yeah. like a half a million viewers in that's in, amazing and in the tiny from a tiny closet yeah. on the north shore of and Staten it is Island. like go to the website <laughs> look it's tiny yeah, it's you're like parkradio.nyc like if i can shout out myself two people are in there and we've it's snuck like, we've gotten like five piece band I've in that tiny I've room seen like dave keener get it, oh, getting yeah, up yeah, in yeah, there yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take another short break. We'll be back in a few. You're listening to Entrepreneurial Web. Okay. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. 
Fridays 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, with my guest, the fighter, Kristen, Kristen Wallace. Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last round. Ding, yes, ding, ding. It is. I think he gets his head cut off at the end. He does. The poor William. That, that's Wallace. gonna be my fate, <laughs> not yours. <laughs> no, it'll just be an accident like too. Just, it'll be. I'll be like, oh, what's this? <laughs> Curiosity killed the cat. I know. All this technology is yeah. going to be bound to be something. Yeah, I mean, technology is a steep learning curve for sure oh, man. when you're jumping into something because there's so much yeah. misinformation out there. But also, like, we didn't grow up with it the way. Like, we're totally analog and then trying to ke- play catch up. And that's what I've done. It's whatever I started this show in September. Mm-hmm. And it's been a scramble, you know? And I put a lot of time in and I felt like I'm finally, I've learned a couple of things. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, we were just talking about mm-hmm. distribution. Like, how to optimize distribution and get, you know, just get the word out there. Like this, this makes no money either, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it costs money, but yeah. it's fun and it's just great for so many reasons, but you have to maximize and it's like being a parent, you know, you learn to, you really learn to be efficient because you got like eight minutes to get this task done that usually takes 15, <laughs> but for sure. Yeah. I mean, editing is uh, like the nerdy Ugh. part of it. I actually <sighs> like the editing Good for nerdy you, part of it because I like audio editing and stuff. Well, I, see, even, I find that really even fun. doing all the recording and stuff I did, the editing was the part I liked the least. It was like we record. We I love the the composition process. I love the studio time and everything. Mm. And it was like everybody left, and I'm sitting in front of the computer, and I'm like, just oh. like yeah. <laughs> you know, just like sine waves and cosine waves in front of me, and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna die. Well, they're just gonna like because <laughs> I learned Ableton, like I said before, but yeah. it's like. If it's up to me, I'm happy in front of a computer just like tweaking audio. But I started this really social Kick thing drum sounds, right? where <laughs> I have to talk to people. Yeah. And I have to talk to people a lot because we're a, we're a community radio station right. where that really reflects our neighborhood. So mm-hmm. we have part of the Sri Lankan population there that's very big, like the biggest outside of uh, Sri Lanka. Apparently, in the, the food's States. better in Staten Island than it is in Sri Lanka. Oh, really? Too. That's yeah. the word. Yeah, that's what so I've heard. So it's really good. Yeah, um, I gotta come. And then to there's try also that. like uh, what should I call it? Uh, Who else is here? We got some more guests. Oh, like, hello. We keep up with this. Who's this? But then, Gary like, Rosenthal. We're doing, oh, hey, Gary. What's up, Gary? Hello. Renee Hart. That's my boy. Nora McGloin. Nice. Brooklyn nice. Army Terminal. Tom chimed in. Oh. Debbie, you know Debbie, right? Yes. We were at a party together recently, and I was like, Oh, Debbie. I was like, You must know Kristen yes, Wallace. And she's, she's like, awesome. Oh my God, my God. I was like, <laughs> I Yeah. Her. Yeah. I know. Kevmo's a, he's a trombone player that I went to school with. And nice. Still lives, he, he lives nice. right just south in Kensington. Kensington. That's so cool. Where all the cool people live. Yeah. And Staten Island now. We got to make the Kensington Staten Island connection. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't far. We need our own far. little ferry that just goes like. Like right across wish, the water, I real wish fast. A robot. Tom can get a robot <laughs> or something. He, he can work this out. Come on, he knows a couple of people on the guy. waterway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little side hustle for him. So we're doing this gospel event like next month. Mar- actually, March the twenty first. So it's a gospel brunch with all these gospel like this. The late show gospel choir from the late show. Oh, and wow. like a bunch of really awesome gospel bands and stuff. So I have flyers and I have to do stuff that's so out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? To try to reach that community. 
and I just have to show up to stuff yeah. and just be like, here I am, Hi. this person. So last night I showed up to this Black History Month <laughs> thing at like a, at a high school that was right next to the projects. Mm-hmm. And I'm there and I'm just standing there and I finally s- strike up a conversation and I was like the only white person there and like 300 and some people and I just started talking to people and I'm like, who am I? This is not me. I'm a nerd person that likes to do stuff like by myself. I like camping by myself. Like I just, You've I was like, why am I though? talking to I would total never strangers. characterize you as like an introvert. I don't know. Well, we, do you remember how we met? Extrovert. We, were, we were sitting on the on our stoop on 20th Street and Patty was pregnant and you walked downstairs with the twins and you just looked at her and you went, here, hold this. I just handed her a baby. <laughs> like no, nothing else. No high. Like you were just like, oh, you... I'm tired. You need <laughs> practice. Here you go. Not oh, I do remember. I do that is remember. not introverted yeah. uh, behavior. At that point, no, that was <laughs> At that point, you were like, <laughs> like take the baby. out. It's <laughs> great. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it has made me do have to talk to people yeah. way, way more. And I had to talk about the radio station quite a yeah. lot to people and what you're doing. And that part of it, the the sort of consistently elevator pitching or consistently talking to people and ask and, and searching for other DJs. Mm-hmm. Like I can be at a party and I will find that person that will be a new DJ host. Like I'd be at a block party and I listen to this woman. She's talking about how much she loves comic books. And I'm like, you <laughs> are going to be a DJ host. And she is. So how does that work out if you're like into comic books and then like you got to translate that into she, music Her show's somehow? called Across the Panels. So there's talk shows there too. Oh, okay. So during the it's week, usually, yeah. I've only ever seen. Uh, it's the mostly radio it's st- mostly music, music but it's talk shows. So like our talk okay. shows are, um, we have a show uh, called Two Drink Minimum, which is about drinking uh, breweries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but plenty of those around right now. Yes, yeah. across the panels. Is which just Staten Island gotten privy to that? Is there is there a distillery on Staten Island yet? There's yeah, flagship brewery. Oh, fla- well, that's a brewery. Yeah, we yeah. I used to sell flagship, but have they, like Hillsborough a brewery? Has anybody put up a still? Like there's no like in Brooklyn. There's like people. There's like 17 gins and like five whiskeys and rum and just like no, oh, yeah. I think there is none. Gotta there's maybe somebody. a market there. Need a, like a maker Same. a maker park whiskey. Oh, that'd be a great idea. Great idea. I think somebody was trying to make a still, and I think somebody does it in their uh, they could do it bathroom out of one of those or something. Shipping containers. They should. Yeah. But anyway, um, oh yes, and so like I'd be at. I was at a pocketbook party. Um, I don't really carry a pocketbook, but it, yeah. like I felt obligated. It was my kid's coach, and she's like, "Come to my party where I'm selling these monogram pocketbooks." And I was like, "All right," and I was listening. You know, everyone's talking to me like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm starting a non-for-profit streaming radio station. And they would, you know, most people like glaze over. They're like, oh, that's interesting, you know. And and this one woman was like, I want to be a DJ. And I was like, yeah, doesn't everybody want to be a DJ? <laughs> but she was like, no, really, I do. And so she's from uh, East New York, and she grew up there um, listening to her dad throw parties in her basement and she would be sent to bed and she would sneak out at night and sit on her stairwell and listen. And so she Mm -hmm. inherited her dad's record collection. And so her show is called Stairwell Sessions and Beyond. That's awesome. Shout out to you guys actually, you spend some records. Records. Well, anyone could come in there with whatever they want, not like eight track player (laughs) or anything. (laughs) (laughs) But, there's <laughs> if you have a controller if you play you w- off a USB CDJ DJ mm-hmm. if you want to play vinyl um, if you want to play CDs um, if you want to just play off your computer um, you can do that I mean it's uh, people whatever people are comfortable with and we teach people how to DJ because it's super amateur we pride ourselves on how much of a amateur yeah, you know controlled like the, mess the that we CBGBs are CBGBs of a well, of it, a it's authentic at least you know yeah, it's a we pride yeah. ourselves on our unpolished um, that's great no, but i love it there's I, some beautiful I'm moments little, that I'm can into happen that as well <laughs> yeah well you got to come just, visit just listen to my previous show <laughs> <laughs> like, i don't know it was a controlled slide the whole time <laughs> no idea what we talked about right but it's no oh, i'd love to come out you definitely. have to the come out the family is due for a visit Yes, sure, absolutely. We and were in the, we were back in the woods a little bit because of uh, you know, the the accident. 
accident. Yes. The baby. The, the bitch. You t- no, can't whoops. call her that. <laughs> no, Patty said that the other day. She said, not an accident. <laughs> I remember she was like, I want five kids. Once upon a time, she told me that. And I was Get like, close. Yeah. Well, why don't you reassess that yeah. when you get to like three? She did. <laughs> she was like, yeah, no, let's do it again. So. It's awesome. So where where exactly? Thank you. Where why don't we got a minute or two left? Tell people about like where's the space exactly? Like geographically, like Um, most of us don't know Staten Island. (laughs) So we're kind of like by the ferry. um, Could you walk there from the ferry? You could. It's like a free train ride, two stops though. Oh, okay. So from the ferry, you just take the train from the free ferry to the free train two stops we're right there um and we're in stapleton which is a neighborhood it's on the north shore we can see the manhattan skyline from maker park oh that's so dope it's like a world away though um it's still it's like so far yet so yeah yeah. and then um so and we're inside of makerspace but you can find us at makerspace uh makerparkradio.nyc um is us we're also streaming to tune in radio we also stream to our own free app, Maker Park Radio app. And you, you guys post a lot to Twitter. I see that. I don't do Twitter as much as Instagram. Oh, okay. Maker Park Radio on Instagram. I, yeah. I see more of it on Twitter for some reason. So I, I have somebody and else I, do that, and I don't know what I, I should. I retweet them. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I try to thank pump you. it out. Yeah. We, um, and I'm IDJ at official Chris Wallace. Um, I I haven't been in there to DJ in a long time. It's like two hours of my happy place yeah. where nobody asked me to do anything. Like nobody texts me. It's two hours of like, anyway. Gotcha. Good for the head. Yes. Gotta it really Therapy. Yeah. yeah. Learn mean, to DJ. It's that. good therapy. Awesome. Cool. Well, if you're interested in that, check out uh, any of Christian's sites. If you want to learn to DJ, if you're already a DJ or you just want to have some fun, go check it out. Cool. Awesome. Thank Thanks you. So, much. so good to see you yeah, again. You Thank you for coming on the show. Okay, everybody, have an awesome weekend. We'll check in with you next week and listen to the Entrepreneurial Web. Bye. Peace. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. 
Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.